Hi, my name's Joshua Charles Dore and you're listening to Big Wonder, the podcast that sits down and chats with upcoming filmmakers and their projects. On my first edition of Big Wonder, I sit down with Melbourne-based musician and actor Anthony Sharp. We discuss his time on Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries and his recent supporting role in Blackwater Abyss. I hope you enjoy. Hey mate, how are you? Good mate, good to see you. Likewise, likewise. Thanks for uh, joining me on my first podcast, uh, Big Wonder. Big Wonder. I'm, I'm, look, it's, it's good to be here, mate. Uh, get um, the first one out and sort of work our way through. I'm sort of quite uh, quite rapt to be be the number one, mate. Well, it's, uh, I'm honoured to have you. <laughs> um, so just for people who are tuning in to for the to our podcast for the first time, uh, just to set the premise a little bit and, and also tell you what sort of why you're here and what we're doing. I've been listening to podcasts for maybe about two years now. Um, I'm an actor, photographer, uh, and now I'm sort of venturing out to the world of writing, as you know. Yep. And I always just sit down and listen to these and go, man, I can't wait till I can talk about my project or something on a podcast. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because they've become these... There's so sort of in your mind as you're driving along and they become part of your everyday life and what you and there's such conversation points and they're very uh, they're incredibly influential and they have been for me anyways um and it was only just recently when i was listening to a guy called now i always get his name back to front because it's two sort of first names but i want to say his name is houston howard but it could very well be Howard, Howard Houston. Houston. <laughs> yeah. I always get it let's wrong. Cover our, let's cover our bases. You know, anyways, yeah. he's a guy in the States who uh, wrote a book called You're Gonna Need a Bigger Idea, a Bigger Story. You're Gonna yeah. Need a Bigger Story. And he talks about building brand awareness and a whole package, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> as a filmmaker in this modern day and age that you can't just step out with a script and just sort of go, hey, buy my script and it'll yeah. take care of itself. You have to build God this whole, it. right? <laughs> so much to do. What did he call it? Transmedia. So, and he uses an example of a young script writer who came to him with like a 10 minute short and he's like, look, it's a nice story and everything, but no one knows who you are. What are you doing? Do you have any following? All that kind of stuff. That yeah. You and you and I from our generation sort of like, oh, social media. I know. But just he, another thing to do, isn't it? Yeah. Another thing to do. And so he um, launched the idea of creating, obviously, buddy. <laughs> so we've got, got, the, we got the dog dog in the studio too It's uh, today. He's piping in there. He'll give his odd comment, you know, here and there. He's quite vocal. Yeah. Yeah, no. He likes to step in. Um, to build a whole presence around whatever idea that you have. And so a year ago, I started writing a my first feature film and as I've gone along and done more research on how am I going to get this thing off not only get it off the ground because yep. I want as an actor I want to be in my own film how do I get to that next stage um, and one of those things was to start a podcast so that's a very long-winded way of saying that this podcast is is a I'll be 100% honest to build awareness around my own brand and, and things yeah, of that course. I'm that I'm um, working on and, and building. And then at that same time, talking to people in a Melbourne, and I'm sure we'll branch out and talk to people 
um, from different parts of the world who are actors who are having to now diversify and and more specifically also the themes that they want to get involved in yep um, and, and I dare say for the first you know um, section of this podcast's life will be more themes that are topical um, and, and people who are hoping to sort of create some sort of change through their film yep yep um, for those of you who are uh, tuning in Anthony is a Melbourne based musician actor writer you've produced yeah yeah, yeah. you've been out getting the, into producing recently yeah yeah you've been out in the states for multiple trips over the last couple of years that I've known you and worked on different projects like the Bruce filming in on some others yeah the orchard uh was uh just my most recent uh trip out there and then recently uh as well actually the the time before that um that i headed over there to film the orchard and and it got pushed back as projects often do due to uh, budgets and timing and casting and all that and i uh, ended up picking up a television show called wiped did a, a couple of episodes that's with right Kate, yeah, yeah, yeah. which was which was um which i was think pretty... you sent me a quick little snap of you and your attire and what that's right for that. yeah. yeah i think it was a, a bit cleaner <laughs> a bit cleaner <laughs> cut then but um yeah a bunch of things yeah tradesmen <laughs> you name it um always quite always laugh quite a lot because people with you know with actors and musicians that people say um my god you, you know geez you, you do so much you're good at so many different things it's like yes because like all other actors and musicians we need to make money so we we do money the talks we man and bullshit walks yeah and then we do you know x y and z and all the other letters of the alphabet to try and basically pad that out and and make money to to then pursue our dreams that we want to do but we also need to do that in a way that we're not locked in to that income stream that we can't then go and go to auditions or you know take time off to do a project so so it's a very it's a very hard um uh, it can, can be a very hard thing to manage and I think it's through years that you, you end up sort of pulling together your um, what works for you and your little your little niche and it's the same as you you know um, you know we're both let's say in our 30s <laughs> um, well, well, you know we, we can I say am. that yeah <laughs> um, let's say ish um, and um, you know when you when you get on the when you get on the other side of it, you know when you're in your 30s and stuff you know I mean you know we don't want to be bartending we don't want to be be waiting and stuff Fuck no you, know, you, you you feel like um you feel like you're over over that sort of thing so it is about you know creating that that stability getting enough income and doing all those things to then sort of be able to pursue but um that's a rather long-winded uh, answer but that's sort of what I do and that's why I do a bunch of different stuff and you know producing's been one of the more recent things that I've gotten into um you know, which we can, you know, sort of chat, chat about that as we, as we go along too. Now you had a bit of a win recently. Um, and also to add, Anthony was a series regular on Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries. Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries. I played a character called Cess, Cecil Yates. Um, uh, it was very clean cut. Um, like the total opposite of how you now, it's a trip to see those photos of yeah. you actually. And, and funny, fun fact <clears throat> on that one. So I did um, 29 episodes over three years uh, of that. We've sold that to 160 territories around the globe. I think, I think it has, it's, it's in German, French, um, uh, Spanish. I have think you it, ever I, seen it? In the I Netflix? have, yeah. And, and actually, if you put Netflix on, you can, as well in there, you can switch the languages on it, which is really quite funny to hear yourself is talking. Is it on Netflix? Yeah, it's on, we're on Netflix as what? well, yeah. Yeah, Gosh, so um, I've made that. it. 
Um, That's and I, I think I think it's somewhere around. I'm sure it's somewhere around the twenty to thirty million people viewed per episode. So it's it's pretty. It, it's done amazingly well around the globe, but have never once, never been recognized. Once been recognized off off that show ever. Do you know? Um, what? And this is this is not to to. Oh well, funny. look at what happened to me. But I got recognized off a ten second spot in House Husbands. There you go. Isn't yeah. that crazy? God and damn I was, it. Yeah. I was like, I literally <laughs> go, excuse me, Gemma. And that's it. And this, I was working on a commercial and this woman was like, I recognize you from somewhere. And I was like, I was on House Husband. She goes, that's it. In the hospital. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I, I, the, the, the similar thing. I, um, uh, I did the, uh, you're, uh, you're the voice. Uh, I did the voice uh, on Channel Nine a couple of years ago. Um, That's another one. Yeah. So I'm also a, I'm also a singer. I um, again one of those things. I've been a singer for professional singer for about twenty five years, um, and I do you know four or five gigs a week on on any sort of given week. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes up to ten when I'm f- feeling stupid <laughs> um, and tired at the end of it, but. I, I did that and we got through a couple of rounds in that before they, they booted me off and it was so funny that you know I got recognised off that quite a bit and you know a lot of people come out saying wow that's so amazing you know you've made it you've made it and I'm thinking okay so I do you know two or three episodes on a crappy singing reality show and everyone says yeah yeah but yet I do 29 legit you Act, know like, acting yeah, with, with, yeah. with some of the Cream of the crop acting, and, and and no one even knows it because it you know because it's on the ABC. But um, so it's look, it's funny, you know, it, it's funny how that goes. But um, well, my wife and I were talking about we were watching the final episode of um, Handmaid's Tale. Oh yeah, yeah. And it was jamming all the time on on SBS on demand. Now we have shit internet, but I think everyone in Australia has shit internet. <laughs> but and we we're like, oh, this must be. This must be the you know Australia's most watched show at the moment. We did a quick Google check. Mm. It doesn't doesn't even feature Australia's most watched show Probably above not. all on demand screaming and everything else other than Game of Thrones when it was on. I'm gonna hate you for this, but tell me. It's like Survivor. Oh Jesus! That or and then probably Bachelor or some goggle crap. goggle box. Yeah, right. I get I get so I get so frustrated at. Um, the, the programming, you know, and I, you know, I hate getting into the negative side of things. I do like to keep it positive, but I, but I think it's worth mentioning that the free to air television and look and it is struggling and it is dying and you've got all these streaming platforms come in and, and that sort of makes me feel worried in a in a certain respect for that and therefore the money's not there that it used to be in terms of advertising and all that sort of stuff and reality shows are cheaper. But if you Put on shit and you create shit. It's just it's it's a it's a downhill slide for yeah. me. You know, instead of quality programming, you know, there's so just so many reality shows that are coming on, you know, one after the other, and uh, you know, and, and as much as I could say that, uh, you know, having been in one, um, you know, probably might make yeah, me sound traitor. a little bit sarcastic. <laughs> um, but but um, you know, I mean, and, and I guess look, at least that one was, you know, it's, it is about a skill and it is about something, hundred percent, you know, 100%. which gives, some, you know, some some, some, something, something. <laughs> um, but um, it, it's certainly in terms of, uh, you know, of, of all these other shows, just that sort of absolute diatribe crap that, that that gets on, and 
getting quality programming and putting in a creating quality shows we can create quality shows mm-hmm. and they don't even have to be so expensive you know to do to, to do that quality and I really think that that they really don't and I feel sometimes the the Australian television it's so insular and in terms of what it's creating and and, and not branching out you know to to you know again to unknown actors to to storylines that are different to all of these things you know it's very suburbanized vanilla a lot of the programming and then it failed like it goes okay for the first season then the second season i always say is who's up you know the first season's quirky second season is who's up who and who hasn't paid that's just how australian television goes and 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 it just becomes that same sort of yeah whitewashed and 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 you know which is which is quite frustrating and i think that's what streaming is doing is they're creating television shows that are you know the characters are real and I, I did a class recently and the, and the, 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 the cast he's a casting director Greg Apps who runs the course and he said he talked about this with a lot of the streaming shows and that these characters that they, they pull out it's almost like they're real like they're not it's like where did that this person can't be an actor they're so real as that character you know it, it's like they pull that a drug addict off or a, you know or this mm. or that and they put them in there and they were somehow able to act and so these streaming platforms are creating these just amazing worlds that you you, you just get drawn into. Mm. I mean, you know, there's the whole binge watching everything just because the the story writing and the characters are so engaging and different, and and it's like that they get they I suppose they're more able to take a risk, mm. but they do, and you know, and therefore you get the viewers. And, and I, I feel that ABC and the SBS you know push that um, barrow a lot further than yeah they don't have as many. Um strings around their necks mm. um, well that and that's really interesting too about what's happening in Australia and what's happening to actors like um, myself and you and, and nearly every actor that I know who certainly in Australia and even more interestingly enough I was talking to a very good friend of mine who's you know been an actress for 20 years in New York yeah and I said to her you know you're so lucky to be a native of America, you, you, you don't know how lucky you are in comparison yeah. Yeah. To, to, to the struggle that we face here also. And she said, I gotta tell you, I haven't, I haven't, I've had one audition since the beginning of the year and I'm in New York. Mm. And most of what I, most of my credits have been produced and, and created by me. And I was like, fucking hell. <laughs> like, yeah, you gotta, you, that, and that's that whole thing of that, diversifying out you know uh, while you're talking about you know you're, you're a photographer you're an actor you're a writer you're you know you're producing stuff as well um what's the girl and i, I can't think of her name and she did um she wrote and starred in the Lena Dunham? Oh, oh no that's uh brit marley brit marley and again was wasn't able to find interesting characters where you know she was doing that she wrote another the beyond world or the uh oh, it's an alien film was the first one she did and then she's done the oa yeah right incredibly bizarre random show and I just it's awesome it. it's yeah. such a great show I've just started watching the second season actually. yeah, oh, yeah. It's the, <clears throat> the last episode of that is great you know um, when she dies <laughs> <laughs> well no, you can actually say that about that show because that's all they do all the way through their first season um, well the same with Lena Dunham um, yeah. Girls did you ever oh, watch yeah. Girls no I haven't seen Girls no no I mean, my wife was pushing me to watch that for ages and I was mm. like ugh the title sounds terrible. <laughs> you know? How judgmental is that? I watched judgmental. a clip and I was like, shit. And then I watched the whole thing and I was fucking hooked the whole way. And it is incredible writing, writing, 
Adam Driver is next level. Mm. He's so good. And I think that was really a big breakout for him, actually, that show. Uh, I was very, very impressed. But let's move on to um, the sort of immediate motivation for this yep. podcast. Uh, as you know, obviously, I've, I've just got sort of through to the fourth draft of the draft park. Of the park. Yep. Now, um, just for, for people listening. Yeah, fill, fill, us, fill us in. Yeah, the park is... And I suppose this is the beauty of a long-form conversation. I can give you the long-winded tale of how it all sort of came to be. (laughs) (laughs) When I was a young boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the age of three. (laughs) But basically, I um, met a guy. I was working with a fellow who was in in Iraq as a um, soldier for the Australian um, Army. And we happened to be talking about the, what was happening in the Kruger National Park in South Africa with um, the near extinction of rhinos. Yep. And long story short, in the last 10, 11 years, um, the death toll per year has gone from sort of 63 to about 1,200 a year rhinos. And they reckon in about nine years, there won't be any left. Which is... Humans. <laughs> It's just bananas for reasons that have no scientific um, founding at all. Because it's about it's about the rhino. It's about ancient Chinese medicine. Yeah. It's also about um, status. People who because it's worth a a horn can fetch for about sixty five thousand American dollars. It's more than gold. It's more than cocaine. It's more than anything else on the black market. It's crazy. It's probably as much as human organs, maybe. Um. So you have rich people throughout Asia, which is, I would, I would and I'm guessing, but uh, in my research, is, is the heart of where yeah. it all goes. Um, you know, it can, it can be as simple as, oh, I've got, you know, millions of dollars and I'd like to have a full intact horn on my shelf to show my guests. Yeah. That's a huge part of the drive. Um, so and the, 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 the segue that I make there about the issue is that there are groups in throughout the, the um, game parks in Africa who are anti-poaching units. Yep. And in certain countries in South Africa, in certain parks, they have a license to shoot on the spot. Yep. Not in the Kruger National Park where the bulk of the rhino population exists. They cannot fire upon unless fired upon first. Right. And it's a very tricky situation. Um, and when I was speaking to my friend who... It was now a real estate agent, and he said that he nearly joined up with one of these anti-poaching wow. units. The South African government was paying them about two hundred grand a year to protect these parks. Um, he didn't, but I thought, geez, that's a really interesting story. Imagine, you know, starting with a real estate agent, reflecting on Iraq and Afghanistan and what have you, and then going off and doing this incredible mm. thing for humanity after doing something that's not so great. Let's 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 be honest. Sorry, buddy, but. Mm. You know, our, our efforts in Iraq and Afghanistan have probably been for the wrong reasons. Yeah, um, I mean, but I mean, obviously for, you know, for the, for the soldiers, I mean, that's, that's, you are still doing your duty for your country, you know, whether, it, whether it's, whether it's wrong, you've misguided got to or not, that, you know, when you put, you know, for one of those things, I think, yeah, you know, to go out and put your life on the line as, as part of your job is, oh, is, it's, is a it's massive, next level, is a it's massive, next level um, thing to, to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so that, uh, having a conversation with him, uh, led me to a group called Vetpor. Right. And they are a legitimate group in the Kruger National Park, which is, consists of American 
um, ex-soldiers yep. who have formed this group um, and now they're probably the most elite group and sorry to anyone who's listening that's out there that's a ranger in parks who thinks that you're better I don't know but that's <laughs> that's that's my research is they are the most highly trained former right. um, military in in Africa protecting rhinos and on their watch I think they've had probably the best success rate since they were, came in maybe five or six years yep. ago and so I thought how can I I thought this is a really really interesting story one that has to be told but how do I make it so that it doesn't only um, preach to the already converted how do I wrap this up in a bundle that uh, and tell a story of something that's happening right now mm. with fictitious characters that we're emotionally engaged to apply the same cognitive function of narratives and storytelling and how that affects people without this big sort of doom and gloom type documentary because that's what with as you say with with a documentary like you say it is it, people that will watch a documentary are already interested in that topic and you know what you they are the converted and 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 documentaries can be um purely by their message you know it's sometimes a lot it's too much for it's people and they say i just i don't want to know whereas you kind of you almost get tricked into <laughs> learning about this by this narrative fictional that's story the, uh, which, which hooks you in and 100%. people are able to to watch that and, and then and, and enjoy that thi- you know because there is an enjoyment element of it and then all of all at the end of it you uh, are able to then go holy crap that yeah. is that's that is really happening um and and then you may want to take some interest you know um to, uh, totally to, to learn totally about it there's so many people i remember watching the cove years ago and so i'm already converted on all kind of um, animal conservation and, and endangered species always have been but um the cove for those who watch it have watched it will know what the hell i'm talking about have you seen the cove no i haven't seen the cove no i mean yeah fucking hell and i'm just like bawling by the end of it yeah and i'm trying to get my friends to watch it and they're like oh no no i know what that's about i, I can't bear to watch it the slaughter of twenty six thousand dolphins per year in oh, taiji in japan for no real reason um other than tradition yeah i that that'd be it's fucking devastating so this is a cove is a doco yeah doco came out i want to say yeah. 10 years ago maybe a little bit more it's actually uh created produced constructed the whole bit the whole campaign is by a former trainer from um sea world in florida that mm. used to um train skippy no no what was the show oh flipper flipper he was a former trainer of flipper Wow. And how's this for a catalyst for changing your life? His last day in the pool, one of the dolphins swam up to him, looked him in the eyes, and dolphins have to consciously take every breath. Right. Whereas there's a word for it, but we just breathe on auto. Right. They have to consciously take every breath. Looked him in the eyes, swam to the bottom of the pool, never took another breath. Oh, oh. Because of the anxiety of being in that tank was so horrific. Oh God, bloody goosebumps. Right? This dolphin committed suicide before him. And he and he has been on this incredible war path ever since. I must Jesus. Cons- yeah. And it's so hectic. And that shit is happening mm. all the time. And it takes incredible people to, to force change. So it's an ambitious goal. But, but I think it's, I think it's great. And I think, you know, what the, 
what's great about it is that you you want to do something that you're passionate about on you know on, on multiple different levels and everyone says if you are going to achieve success don't try and do it with something that you either know nothing about or that you're not passionate about and um, well the dog's up and he's around um, but I think it, what's great about this is that you can take one love which is well, there's a whole bunch of you know acting mm. you know to and, and be in the film you know acting one of the roles you know writing the scripts and creating you know doing that as well and you know producing this film and then also tackling an issue that you're passionate about as well and being able to roll that into something that that would be an amazing i mean creating a film and doing that sort of work is uh, it's such a collaborative amazing effort but to actually then affect change beyond just you know creating stories is you know is, is fantastic and, and i think that's probably probably the way that most of us if you focus on that heavy enough, you will actually see the success in your career as well because that's what it's also about. You, you know, you, you're trying to advance that that next step forward. So I think as many ways that you can bring your own passions is because it's hard. I mean, and making films is hard and it's expensive and it, and it's it's draining and it takes time and things fall over. So it's it's mentally quite you know, yeah, it's a lot of enduring. Um, you know, and 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 being having been involved in some you know some low budget. Um, ones like the last one you know Robert mm -hmm. the Bruce and seeing how that went and seeing how long that process goes for before and then during and then after and all of the different things that you come up against during that the pre-production and post phases it, it's 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 very taxing and it's very hard to do um, and I think that if you don't if you aren't passionate enough there's going to be about the story about the story yeah. and about and about you know, just and do, like, but in terms of anything, doing anything in life, you know, and especially in this industry, there's going to be roadblocks that are going to come up that will stop you if your passion isn't there. Yeah, um, to, to push on through, like it's um, and, they and say it's a marathon, not a sprint. It is, it is, and that that really is. So if, if you if you don't have that level of drive with it, it is something that drives you. I think you know, there's a big chance that it's dead in the water. There's so many scripts and so many projects and stuff that do not get through. Um, uh, you know, and that's why they also say, you know, a couple of the producing things that I'm doing at the moment, I've got there's a bunch of different projects we've got, and then one looks like it's great and it's it's moving forward. And, you know, one project we've got, we've got cast attached, really high level uh, American cast. We've got mm -hmm. Titus Wallover, uh, Leonardo Nam um, from Fast and Furious and, and uh, Westworld, and one of the uh, youngest Skarsgård um, Skarsgård uh, brothers in it as well. Now, this was all looking at going, it was gonna be shooting this, this year, but it's just one of those things, you know, money changes and then, and then it drops and then funding, you know, so then they get put on the back burner and it's, it's such a, you know. A constant grind. Hey? It is a constant grind. Yeah. And you've just, you've gotta grind it out and you've gotta, you know, change and adapt and, and do things, you know, and even with this project, like we talk about creating opportunities for ourselves and then you might get the project off and you might someone come and say, we've got money for you you know if it's a say it's a, a four million dollar project we've got four million or we can actually give you six million but you can't be in it we need a bigger name so you're gonna you know and then these things happen and then you've got to decide and work with it you know do it, i hold on and yeah so it's a real it's a real tough game like it, it you know it's as exciting as it is it's it's um it's a hard sort of slog so it's, mate it's I'll, I'll brutal wish you all the best with this one i think um oh well, yeah i mean um yeah, even just now getting a, another opinion on as, as I'm sort of crowd testing the script, you know, and, and going to people who um, 
actually know what that and, and I say this with all due respect to people who are, who are looking at it from a non-analytical point you start um, for those of you who are out there writing scripts for the first time you'll know this through your research that you need to start spreading it to to as many people who can give you constructive feedback as yep. possible because it's very hard when you're you've been on it for six months or a mm. year and you're staring at it every day to see where a character's arc might drop when it needs to you know it's not complete or there's a plot hole or you've got well you're stuck on an idea yeah, sometimes stuck you're on stuck an on an idea and someone comes in and they say have you thought I mean, this is great, or you know, or this is going too long. What about these two characters merge, or or this this there's too much in this one. What if you had yeah. this and this character, or you, you know, need that constructive stuff, feedback, you know? yeah. yeah, constantly. And even when you, I've I've had um, a paid analyst go over it, great notes, ten page breakdown, um, injected all of those. Then you and I had a look at it, yeah. and you've gone, yeah, I really think this is great. This is great. This is this is a part that could speed up and then I've, I've put that in there mm. and then I've had, and then my wife has looked at it. She's got a great eye for, and, um, for just for film. She's a big cinephile yeah. as well. Um, and she's like, oh, I kind of feel like maybe you're dropping the arc of the female character here a little bit. So it's good to get her perspective, you know, yeah. as a guy writing from a white privileged male perspective about a story that's happening in Africa, which yeah. is incredibly diverse and, and, broken and fractured and mm. doing all kinds of craziness um, to then having another um, a friend of mine who's um, a playwright and an actress and runs an off-Broadway theatre company in New York going oh now I feel like I so she was the first person to say to me I wasn't engaged until sort of halfway through the middle second act yeah right which everyone else has been not the other way around like yeah, yeah, yeah. not engaged at the end I was come out of the gates a bit more engaged, so yeah. it's interesting to see her perspective. And then she's like, oh, I, mean, I feel like you've dropped a, a point here, and how do you take that, all of this stuff, and not be sensitive and go, oh, yeah, that's cool, I can see yeah. that. Or, oh, maybe I'll just, you know, and, and, and also keeping true to your own instincts about yeah. storytelling. And, 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 and it is that thing of keeping true to what you want to do, but then also taking on board you know, professional opinion being being new to the game of script writing, um, as we as we both are, um, both having a you know a bit of an innate knowledge about storytelling and that from the years of acting and, and being involved with scripts, but I, I think it's I think it's smart and I, and, you, and and like I, I always say you haven't lost that last draft, I think, yeah. you know, and and I think that's a really important thing we do is we 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 get attached to an idea. And it's very hard to change. And there's that thing where you say, I want to hear it. And you do actually, I mean, I've had written different things and actually got sort of, I've asked for feedback, got feedback and got sort of pissed off you know, yeah. with it. Not that I've said anything, but I'm like, oh, fuck you. I, you know, that was, that was my favorite part. But then yeah. I've gone the away. What the fuck do you know, man? Yeah. But then I've gone away. And, and I think always looking at it, someone said to me, you've still got that script is there, that, that draft is there. Go away, rewrite this one. Like, you know, take on board those notes, have a read of it. And then if it doesn't, then you can say, no, I went down that path. I tried it out. I tried it. It didn't work as opposed to, to blocking it straight away. Um, and I think sometimes that thing with a, even with a writing room that a lot of places have, and that's what a lot, you know, when they go to a bigger studio, they'll get the writer's room in and they'll take your script and they go, right, let's, let's look at this, you know, and you've got that collaborative vibe with it. And it, and it is really great to be able to say, I'm just going to put down 
my preconceived ideas. I'm going to take all of this on board. There's no bad ideas. Let's look at it. And then we'll have a bit of a play and then we'll see how it feels. But then I'm going to come back to, you know, what I want and I'm going to look and say, yes, this is still on track. This is better or no, it doesn't work. And I think that's probably a good approach. And I think it's great to get lots of advice in a, to a point, but there's also, there's the other factor with, with different things. And I've, I'm also a website designer. That's another yes. thing that I do. Um, and uh, I do a lot of brand and identity design and all that sort of stuff. And there's this funny thing like with, you know, with logos, companies, logos and branding and that, and, and I'll have clients and I'll, and they'll tell me what they want. And then they'll go out and they, and they say, Oh, look, I've taken this idea out and I've shown, you know, I've asked for advice off people I know. And if you ask people for advice, they'll fucking give it every time. And some people don't warrant giving, giving advice because yeah. they just shouldn't because they've got no... F- no idea. I'm going to swear too much on this, but they've got no idea. Mate, you can swear all you want. <laughs> I can swear That's all the want. beauty of podcasts. Some people have no fucking idea. <laughs> and if you ask for their opinion, they'll give it and they'll give it and they'll turn it into advice. But that advice isn't sound. And you can fuck with your head. Yeah. And, and I, so I think it's also you want a collection of trusted advisors that you really do trust, but then you really listen to their advice too. Mm. And you don't get pissed off and you don't, you know, and it might differ from you and you might be able to argue that out a little bit but you do really take their advice on board you know um and again again i've got a great mate uh, mate of mine um scottness scottness smith who's a, a south african producer um which right. well, once we get to, to a certain point you know yeah. we're really happy with his script of getting and he's a great script and he will call a spade a spade but he's also got a lot a lot of on the ground knowledge over there and i think that i think that's one thing that is going to be very, it is very important in this day and age in, in, in terms of, and you touched on it, that authenticity um, where you, and, you know, again, a white middle-aged privileged background writing about a subject in another country where you do need collaborators on board, mm. on the ground there yeah. to give the project validity. And now I don't always, I, I don't always necessarily, I don't agree with that because I think that you can be from a total dif- different point of view and you can do your research and you can you can um, have the empathy and you can have the knowledge and you can create something great. But in today's day and age, you really do need to have that um, collaboration. A hundred percent. And I, um, it may even be, I believe, probably good to speak to him um, pretty soon in terms of, yeah. like a lot of my, my friends' notes, they're really great, whether I'm going to use them or not. I'm not sure I'll go over it, but one of the big questions we've been talking about for the, for the lead um, female character is, is she white or is she black or mm. what have you, um, a native in South Africa? Um, because when I wrote the character, it wasn't, of course, from any kind of, oh, I need this character to be white. I just stumbled across a woman, and I won't say her name, but um, who is a South African woman, white, blonde, blue-eyed, and she runs a big um, organisation that is out there protecting so it's more the character and then Yeah. yeah. And, and as a tribute to her in a way because she helped, and once again, I could be wrong about this, but she's certainly at the forefront of it, uh, what they call a devaluation procedure. And what they do now, instead, what they did for a lot of years was cut the rhino's horns off uh, because they grow back like fingernails. Yes. Um, so a poacher wouldn't shoot it, um, obviously, but... Now they do what's called a devaluation um, procedure where they inject the horn with um, 
the dye that you find in banks, right? To that explodes when people oh, okay, make yeah, money. Right. They and they've added um, toxin to it, um, but it doesn't. Um, there's a word for it, but it doesn't affect doesn't the, an, the animal. Yeah. But it affects the human who ingests it, and it dyes the horn red. So that obviously a poacher is looking at that horn, going, "Motherfucker, I can't yeah. shoot that one." So, and, and in terms of having a, you, you spoke about one of the things where people want to have a rhino's horn just because they're an asshole. Yeah. Um, um, does that being red and being dyed sort of... Uh, That'll kill them. That? If, they, if they ingest No, 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 oh. no. Sorry so for the for the asshole that wants to say, oh, I've got this rhino horn up on my shelf. Does that stop? Is that stop because it's I, I, red? Or? It's a good question. I don't know. I, I think yeah. that they're in the, 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 the lower end of the um, consumers. Mm. The high end of, of consumers is is um, people who are trying to cure ailments, yeah, cancer, hangovers, dick dysfunction, fucking inflammation. Called, there's things for that, and they're called drugs, and you can uh, yeah, or meditation, generally. or yeah. just um, yeah. go to a therapist. You know, yeah. for fuck's sake, yeah, um, get a good night's rest. Don't drink so much. Have a sparkling water the next day. Yeah. Do some push-ups. I don't eat right or exercise. I only drink and do drugs, but uh, <laughs> I'm just not feeling right. So I think I might need some rhino horn. So yeah. this woman, back to what we were saying, she is at the forefront of this procedure. And what's really interesting, Vietnam seems to be the epicenter of, of the trade, is a few years ago, maybe even maybe two years ago, I want to say, mm. they did a <clears throat> billboard campaign type thing through Vietnam, which had information about the dye and a sort of pictogram sort of saying, if you eat... A red horn if it looks like it's red it's going to kill you and the vietnamese mm. government made them take it down if that tells you anything about what's happening in vietnam and so one of the things that i also found through my research is that they can sort of pretty confidently tie the um, massive spike in demand to a vietnamese politician who publicly announced that he had cured his cancer with rhino horn Boom! Thousands of rhinos getting nailed and the price went through the roof. Now, I haven't been able to find a name on this guy, but he does make a fictionalized appearance in the park. Yep. Um, but what happened with the, the, the campaign that they put up in Vietnam and then it got ripped down is they received so much backlash on a, on a public scale that um, the government was forced to, to reintroduce that campaign. And since then, there has been a steady taper off. It's definitely peaked. Mm. Who knows where it'll go from here, but more and more Vietnamese people and Asian people are starting to at least be somewhat educated that don't buy the red horn. And if there's more red horn being created yeah. in Africa, you know, and, and, and uh, what they call like level, so they break down traffickers in levels. Mm. So poachers are level one. The, the person buying and distributing on the other end, if I understand it correctly, is a level five and everyone in between. If the level threes who are sort of facilitating the level ones in Africa on yep. the grounds with money and weapons and what have you are sort of saying, don't shoot anything that's red because we can't sell it. There's the idea and hopefully that sort of helps change, steers it in a new direction. Mate, well, hopefully, hopefully uh, you can get this and uh, make, some, make some more effect too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so for anyone who's listening and you're a filmmaker in Melbourne or in <coughs> Australia and you're having 
you're in a similar boat to, to Anthony and myself and where you know you're doing a little bit of this and you're doing a little bit of that and you're and and, and and long gone are the days where especially in Australia this has been my experience where agencies unless you're in the top 10 can get you in the room anymore it's it's a wholly it's 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 completely changed. changed yeah it is I can tell you from my own experience I have um, sourced every major role that I've got on my own not and and whilst being with an agent yep you're so you're probably experiencing that yourselves um this is what this podcast is really about is to talk is people like us who are out there try and and you now you're having to learn how to write and you're having to learn how to maybe shoot something and then and direct yep. something and maybe produce something and you're also the last film that i did i ended up doing the costume <laughs> the, the uh, set design i was i produced and and i paid for it and then i crowdfunded part of it as well so there's a whole other thing yeah. Uh, I did catering as well. I cook for everyone. Like you're having to do all these things. This podcast is is for us, and and I hopefully if if we start to build some traction and I get more and more people on here to, to discuss what they're yeah. up to, it becomes a little bit of a platform for people to talk about the projects that they're working on, um, and people tuning in might go, oh, I, I'm really interested in that. And anyone who's listening, reach out, and we can all sort of start to maybe help that process yeah great a little bit you know and obviously you know we ramble around a bit today on there on our first one but, that's um, the that's that's, that's the, the beauty part. of it exactly <laughs> no, you, don't, you, you know we don't want this to be a infomercial yeah you know yeah and, and what i would like to also do with this podcast um in terms of who we speak to is to uh, people who are making films that have some kind of i guess you could say a helpful objective mm. I love all genres of film, um, but to say I really want to speak to people. I actually know a girl here in Melbourne who's just written a film and is crowdfunding at the moment, and I'd love to get her on next. Um, and it's really interesting because it's a female director, writer, and producer who have written a film about abusive relationships the other way, where the woman is is abusive to the man. Yep. And she's put together this five minute. Um, I guess interview section of people that she interviewed before mm-hmm. uh, promoting the film men who had been physically abused raped by their partners emotionally Jeez. abused and she's crowdfunding at the moment that's a that's a really powerful narrative and mm. objective that, that it was really really happening so that will be I think one of the um sort of topics on on the filmmakers that we talk to with yeah. filmmakers who are trying to elicit change or, or open up or pull the, the lid off something that maybe people aren't talking yeah. about or what have you great mate thanks for having me in pleasure yeah thanks very much and right. uh, thanks for all of our listeners yeah